You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brewer. We've got a pretty cool show today, a lot of tech to talk. Later on in the program, uh, we'll be talking with the uh, founder of Gift Genie, how to take the guessing out of giving with the Gift Genie social gifting app. It's pretty cool. We'll also be uh, chatting with the folks over at PayPal about uh, small businesses in Canada and uh, how many of them are actually accepting secure online payments. And uh, our good friend, Peter Nowak, he's a tech journalist and author of Humans 3.0, about Bell's new alt TV, which I, I think is going to be an interesting conversation, Andy. Yeah, I read uh, Peter's blog recently, uh, earlier this week, and uh, we just had to get him on because he's got some great perspective on this new streaming service from Bell, and we're going to learn all about that after the first break. So this was an interesting uh, bit of news uh, this week, Andy. Tesla, who we... Uh, Many of us know from their electric cars, they're getting into solar roofs as well. They had an announcement a couple months ago saying uh, they were going to start uh, making solar roof tiles that tie in with their uh, Powerwall battery. This is a battery you can get for your home. These things are available now for pre-order in Canada. That's right. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if people actually take this on because when you look at it from the the face, Mike, it is an investment. You're going to be paying some some good coin to get this up and running at your house. However, once you have it installed, it's paying itself off every time it's sunny and it's gathering energy. So it, it'll be interesting to see if people make that investment or if they just kind of wait and see. Plus, this is Canada. We don't get a lot of sun in some places <laughs> in Canada. Like so, old Vancouver? Well, especially this year. So it'll be really interesting to see how it works in climates. Like, of course, if you live in Phoenix, Arizona, this is a great thing to have. But what if you live in Vancouver or Calgary? And or North Vancouver. Exactly. So um, I, I can't wait to see some of the first, because we know there's a lot of people out there, they love Tesla, they have a Tesla car. I think what you're going to see is it's those people will probably be the first, the early adopters are getting pre-orders for the Tesla solar roof tiles. Well, uh, they're apparently uh, much stronger than current roof tiles. Uh, they're using a tempered glass. They've got a few different styles. They actually look kind of cool. Uh, you can choose uh, from uh, different models. They're about $22 US a square foot of solar roof. That's about $30 Canadian. That is a lot of money. But what Tesla is saying is that over time, they will pay for themselves. That's right. And like they are half the weight of a standard tile, but they're also three times more durable. And unlike asphalt or concrete, they're also said to not degrade over time. So it is a lot of money, but if you are going to stay in that home for 20, 30 years, it might be actually a good investment. It's just hard to, to pay that much up front, it, especially with something's really, really new and unproven. Um, but it is Tesla doing it, and they, they know how to... Uh, make batteries, they've really come a long way. They're really much a very much a battery company, Mike, because of their Tesla vehicles. Now they're taking that technology into the home. It'd be really cool because if you don't use that energy, you could actually sell it back to the grid, which is a really interesting notion. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing. You know, obviously this is kind of uh, the first out of the gate in kind of a mass way. So what I think is great is that this will spur competition in the space. There already is competition. Uh, there's a local roofing company here in Vancouver. I keep seeing hearing ads about their solar roofs as well. So it might be something in the future. My question is, as a homeowner, is how does it work when you don't have really great weather? If it's not sunny all the time, how, how does it work in, in the autumn and in the wintertime? Are you still 
generating energy or are you losing it or not getting any at all? Well, we're going to look into that uh, more and hopefully have a guest on in the next few weeks just to understand like how much energy is it collecting when it's cloudy out, for example. Uh, and, you know, our winters here, it's just cloudy and raining all the time. It, so Yeah. We'll find too, out. It's too bad it can't get energy from the rain because then we would be like, it would be a hit in Vancouver. Energy from the rain. Uh, the WannaCry ransomware attack uh, still reverberating uh, around the world. Uh, happened, uh, I guess, uh, a week and a half ago. Hit a lot of uh, hospitals, uh, yeah. first in the UK and uh, other institutions around the world. And I think the big challenge here, uh, Andy, was that a lot of the places that it hit were really using outdated versions of Windows, uh, like Windows XP, for example, which is outdated and not even supported anymore by uh, Microsoft. Well, you can actually get it supported by Microsoft. You but gotta, you have to pay. You got to pay a pretty money. The U.S. Navy apparently is still using Microsoft XP, and so they have an agreement with Microsoft to keep supporting it because they don't want to to move uh, to the latest operating system. But this this could have been avoided. Microsoft had a patch. If you had Windows eight uh, computers, you could have gotten and Windows this patch. XP. They actually yeah. did a patch for that too. But what happened was the ITs of these various departments didn't just did not update. That system. They knew about this. They knew about this vulnerability for a long, long time. And everyone, no one really did anything. And now look what happened. It affected in 150 countries, up to 300,000 computers. That is, that makes it the biggest ransomware attack of all time. One of the biggest hacks of all time. And well, you know, so the question we get, Andy, like people are asking, if it gets, if it hits their machine, should they pay the ransom? Yeah. They're asking for $300 in Bitcoins. And, you know, they say if you send that to them, they'll then send you a decryption key so you can unlock your computer and your files won't be deleted. But, uh, you know, from what I'm reading here, um, you know, people are obviously going to be tempted to pay the ransom because they don't want their files deleted. But uh, they're saying don't count on getting your files back because there's no real way to get that decryption key to you uh, in a timely fashion because it has to be done manually by a human. What I really like is the hackers took uh, something right out of the playbook of parking uh, ticket attendance where if you pay within the first 24 hours, it's 300 bitcoins. After two, uh, 24 hours, it's 600 bitcoins. So uh, I, I personally, I don't know what your perspective on this is, but if you are a victim of ransomware, my suggestion is do not pay because there is no guarantee you're going to get anything back. Think about who you're dealing with. You're think, dealing with criminals here. Are they really going to be that honest? They don't care. They don't care. But then there's another argument saying that the hackers have to do this because if they don't decrypt your files after you pay, they lose legitimacy and then the, the ransomware notion, because they're just in it for a quick buck. They learn that it's better to hold your data hostage rather than just steal it altogether. And that's their strategy. So if they don't pay It'll set that precedent, and then no one's going to ever pay them, and they're wasting their time doing these hacks. Yeah, but that's, I mean, if that, if you're just dealing with one set of hackers, there's like thousands of hackers out there. Yeah. They don't have like meetings. Exactly. <laughs> and coordinate. Yeah, yeah let's, let's legitimize yeah, so, our hacking. Yeah, so the, the general consensus uh, right now is if you do get hit with the WannaCry ransomware attack or any other ransomware attack, don't pay. You know, unfortunately, you've lost that information. And I know that's going to be hard for some people, but it really goes back to, uh, you know, the thing we're always telling folks, back up, back up, back up. Uh, I would have a cloud backup service uh, that's constantly updating uh, and backing up your computer system on a daily basis when you're not using it. And I'd also have an external uh, hard drive backup uh, as well that you can keep on-site or off-site so that you've got a, a couple versions of your, your data. Because if you don't do that, 
you're crazy. It's not if, but when. It's just uh, a matter of some sort of computer failure or a hack, and you're going to lose those files if you don't back them up. I agree. And there are a lot of solutions for the, you know, a traditional hard drive backup. You can set it up as an automatic backup. So it's not, you don't always have to like at the end of the month start moving files. You can completely automate it with a network attached storage or if you're on like an Apple, like Apple Time Machine. Well, you know, we've uh, still got a lot of tech to talk here today, uh, Andy. Later on again, uh, as we said, we're going to have the folks from Gift Genie. This is a, a social gifting app that makes gifting easier. I guess, or easier to keep track of. And we'll also be talking with the folks over at PayPal as well. Coming up next, though, after the break, we're going to be talking with Peter Nowak about a new TV service. If you are tired of paying cable TV bills or satellite TV bills, Bell out east is offering a new service called All TV. But is it all that it's cracked up to be? Stay tuned. You'll find out. You are back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. Still lots of tech to talk later on in the program. We'll talk with the folks over at PayPal about uh, secure online transactions and how small businesses are dealing with that. And Gift Genie, an app to make gift giving easier. Right now on the line, we've uh, got tech superstar Peter Nowak. He is the tech journalist and author of Humans 3.0. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, we wanted to talk to you about Alt TV. You wrote uh, a great article on this, and uh, you know this is just available mostly in Eastern Canada uh, right now. But uh, it's interesting because uh, I know so many people that have cut the cord. They're not, you know, subscribing to a cable TV package or a satellite TV package anymore. They just have Netflix. But sometimes they miss the regular TV channels, and it looks like Bell is trying to give the best of both worlds. Yeah, basically, um, it's like it's basically replicating TV, but over an internet connection. And the the neat thing about this is that if you, uh, at least as far as if you want to watch at home, you don't need any sort of set top box or anything like that. You just need basically an app. Uh, and so far, it's running through Apple TV. And uh, I think one of the device, but a camera mode is off the top of my head. But it's basically an app. And it, it, like I said, it replicates exactly what you would get if you actually subscribe to, uh, you know, Bell's cable service or whatever. Interesting name, Alt TV. <laughs> yeah, I guess interesting is probably not the right word. It's, I think it's a terrible name. Um, you know, kind of, it, it's kind of oblivious to the sort of political climate that we live in right now. You know, with the, there, of course, there's the alt right. There's alternative facts. These are things that don't necessarily have positive connotations for a lot of people. So for Bell to, you know, kind of not acknowledge that and calling it that. The other problem with it too is that kind of signifies that this is an alternative TV, which I think kind of uh, points out what Bell's priorities are here. You know, it's almost like they're saying, well, real TV is still our priority, whereas this online stuff, that's kind of, we consider that to be an alternative, which uh, as you pointed out, I think that the direction is going quite, uh, you know, it's going very much in the opposite way. Uh, you know, I think uh, watching your, your video or your TV or whatever online is now very much becoming the norm. So I don't know if they really got their marketing people uh, really boned up on this one. Peter, why why did they decide to call it Alt-TV? What's their rationale for that? <laughs> well, as they explained to the, to the CBC, uh, part of the thinking was because uh, this is supposed to appeal to tech-savvy people, uh, and, you know, it's kind of a reference to the Alt-Key on a keyboard, which, again, that's if that's the case, then that's incredibly <laughs> out of touch, because I think... 
that might have been tech savvy like 20 years ago, but as somebody <laughs> pointed out on Twitter, there's no alt key on a smartphone. Um, so, you know, exactly how up to date is this or, or how current is this in its thinking? I, I, I don't think it's very, um, you know, it's very up to date. Well, let's dig into the details here a bit to see if this is really a, a dream come true for these cord cutters. Fourteen ninety five a month, no set-top box required. You'll have to watch the TV through an app, uh, either through like an Apple TV, and, you know, of course, this will be on smartphones uh, as well. But can any Canadian sign up for fourteen ninety five? No, of course not. Um, so there's there's all kinds. And I, I, this is sort of the, the, the bad thing about almost everything that telecom companies come out with. There's all kinds of limitations, and there's, you know, all kinds of hoops you have to jump through. Uh, the biggest one with this one is you have to subscribe to Bell's internet service, Bell Five. Um, and so, you know, I was actually speaking with the Public Interest Advocacy uh, Center in Ottawa. These are the the consumer advocates, and uh, this is an issue for them. You know, they're basically saying, well, there's a there's a rule in Canada uh, called tight selling. You're not allowed to sell one product uh, and require somebody to take another product. And the Competition Bureau, uh, you know, basically oversees this issue. Um, whether this is going to run into that problem, who knows? The consumer advocates are, are definitely concerned about it and, cons- and and think that it might. So this is just one other hurdle that you have to go through or one other obstacle you have to kind of overcome. You, you basically, if you want this service, you have to subscribe to Bell's Internet. So it's not fourteen ninety five a month. You have to get the high speed internet package. From my understanding, that's up at eighty five dollars. I think maybe on special for sixty five right now. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right with that. And again, this isn't available to basically anybody in Canada. If you if you have to get the bill internet service, then you're you are basically limited to being in Ontario or Quebec or uh, in eastern provinces. They haven't launched it there yet. I think they're they're looking to do that very soon. Peter, I'm having a little bit of a deja vu here because this really happened with Rogers and Shaw when they came out with Show Me. They had to be a Rogers subscriber, and then later on they they were forced to drop that and say anybody can subscribe to it. So you would wonder why Bell would go ahead and try to do this. Yeah, and it was the same thing with Bell's Crave TV. And, of course, um, how that evolved was uh, basically Rogers and Shaw eventually decided to open up Show Me to everybody and uh, Bell, which uh, as far as anybody knows, as far as anybody you've ta- talked to behind the scenes, Bell never intended to make Crave TV open to everybody. But of course, they had to because Show Me did, did the same. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to almost wonder in, in retrospect, would Bell, would Crave TV be available to everybody now if Rogers and Shaw hadn't have opened Show Me? Um, there's a case to be made for probably not. Uh, the other side of it, too, is that the CRTC, of course, had to step into this as well. And they created a special rule. Um, it's, it's, this is all getting into complicated regulations, but they created a category of service called hybrid uh, video on demand. And this is basically, in a nutshell, they said, if you want to offer a streaming service in Canada and you want it to have exclusive content, that means, you know, uh, TV shows and movies that nobody else has, uh, then you have to make it open to all uh, to all Canadians. You can't just restrict it to your internet or your television customers or whatever. So at the time when they enacted this rule, uh, Show Me and Crave TV, of course, uh, qualified under that. So they basically had to open it to everybody. The alternative was they could keep it closed to their own customers. But then that streaming service would become subject to Canadian content rules, which is that 
30 percent or about a third of the content on there would have to be Canadian and the service would have to contribute a portion of its revenue to the creation of Canadian content. So (laughs) that, of course, is a a big um, that's something that that Bell did not want and that Rogers and Shaw didn't want. So, of course, they went for the alternative, which is they opened it to everybody. Um, So, again, going back to the consumer advocates in Ottawa, that's another issue that's concerning them. Uh, So they're 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 kind of mulling over whether they're going to, you know, lodge any sort of a complaint about these two issues. The fact that you have to get the Internet service and the fact that it isn't open to all Canadians. Well, it's interesting, again, when you look at uh, the the numbers uh, in in this Fourteen ninety five a month, great, sounds good, but you have to have the internet package, which apparently is, let's say, it's sixty five bucks a month. Uh, you're up at ninety dollars. If you want any other channels, I think it basically comes with the base U.S. and Canadian channels like Global, ABC, and Fox. If you want like the sports package with Sportsnet and what have you, that's another twenty five dollars. And I imagine you know plus 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 for any other you know good channels that you want as well, you're, you're getting up there to like $150, $200 again, which you might as well be subscribing to cable TV. Yeah, exactly. It's basically cable cable delivered over an internet connection. Uh, and it's even actually in some ways worse than cable because you don't have any sort of PBR capability. Um, and of course, uh, there's no, the picture quality is not as good as what you would get over cable. You can't get 4K with this, for example. Um, and then, of course, you know, this is for the cord cutters out there. You've got all those wonderful commercials that you can't skip, too. So um, <laughs> there's a lot of ways in which this is not, uh, you know, not, not exactly appealing. And that's kind of the sad thing. Maybe this is the first step in, in things to come. But, I, I, you know, basically delivering television through an app on, a, on, a, on an Apple TV or whatever, it's, that's a pretty neat thing to do. It's just that Bell hasn't really done anything uh, further interesting or innovating, innovative beyond that. Sounds more like control TV to me, <laughs> so we'll see if that uh, evolves. Peter, I want to thank you so much. Where can people find out more information about you? Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Peter Nowak, or uh, check out my website, alphabetic.com. Peter Nowak talking about Bell's Alt TV, a start, I guess, for the cord cutter generation. When we come back, we're going to be talking with the folks over at PayPal about secure transactions and small businesses in Canada and what's happening. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here. We still got lots of tech to talk. Later on, we'll be uh, chatting with the folks over at Gift Genie, uh, a great way to give gifts using a social gifting app. Andy, the prize this week. Well, we're continuing our summer theme of doing a smart home makeover here at Get Connected. So we got a huge prize pack. In fact, it's about $1,000 worth of prizes. We're going to do an entire makeover Courtesy of our friends over at TP-Link Canada, you're going to get a tri-band gigabit router, a Wi-Fi camera with night vision, smart plugs with energy monitoring, smart LED bulbs, smart LED color changing bulbs, a smart light switch, and a power line AC adapter. All of this will turn your old house into a modern day smart home that can be controlled all from your smartphone. To enter, what you got to do is you got to go to our Facebook page, Get Connected uh, you just go Get Connected Media on Facebook. So facebook.com slash Media. You'll see our contest, which is pinned right on the top. Take a picture of your house. Tell us why you want a smartphone or smart home, and you can enter to win. Again, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Make sure you like our page as well. Do you do uh, online shopping, Andy? All the time. 
Well, according to the numbers, Canadian e-commerce spending is forecasted forecasted to reach $42 billion by 2018. And globally, it's going to hit $27 trillion by 2020. On the line right now, we've uh, got our friend from PayPal, Paul Parisi. He's the president over there. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Andy. So, Paul, uh, just about everyone I know does online shopping. And if you look at the uh, the numbers, I, I think uh, more than 80% of Canadians uh, do this. Uh, but it's interesting. I think a lot of us go to the uh, the big sites like LondonDrugs.com, Amazon.com. But what about Canadian small businesses? What, what are you finding about them accepting online payments? Yeah, so I think the surprise was that, that we discovered that only 17% of of all Canadian SMBs were able to accept an online payment. That means that, that while, while 80% of consumers are trying to shop online, only 17% of small businesses are offering that opportunity. That, that doesn't sound good. That's not very competitive. I mean, when you're going up against these giants, I mean, you need every competitive edge that you can get. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and that's, you know, kind of where, where PayPal comes in and, and the rest of, of kind of the supporting community for the small business where we need to help educate this segment of, um, of our retailers to help them understand that the opportunity for them to go online uh, would, you know, as a matter of fact, according to the statistics, would actually likely double their revenues if they were both offline and online. What are the barriers holding them back? It appears that it's mostly fear. It's, it's fear of fraud and not really understanding what, what might happen in the event of um, online acceptance of payments. It's fear of the distribution and delivery issues in the Canadian market and not understanding how to get the products to the people who are buying. And there's some concern around technology and lack of e-marketing experience. Paul, could it be the fact that the majority of Canadian small business owners are men over the age of 55? (laughs) (laughs) So so that could be one of the main reasons. Um, But, but... You know, it shouldn't be, but those are the facts, is that, is that the 63% are 55 years and older. And when you look at the younger population, so the population under 55, if you allow me to call them younger, um, they're, they're actually uh, 77% of them um, are accepting payments online and offline. How, how is this compared to other countries, like the U.S., for example? Are, are they seeing kind of similar statistics? Yeah, so the uh, interesting thing here is there hasn't been a study like this done anywhere else, so I can't really compare it. What I, what I, what I can look at is, you know, what, how, how fast is e-commerce Canada growing versus other countries? And e-commerce Canada is growing at almost twice the rate of most other countries. So the UK is 9%, France and Germany are like 7%, and Canada is 18%. So my instinct here is the reason we're growing faster than other countries is because we're laggard in this area. You know, it's, it's a challenge. I, I have a lot of friends that are small business owners, retailers, and you know they're complaining all the time that they just can't compete with the uh, the, the big retailers. But from looking at these statistics, it looks like, you know, the first thing they have to do is even get a website going where they're selling things instead of just like in the bricks and mortar world. 
Yeah, and 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 yet and yet the majority of people are saying that they that they won't even move towards accepting online payments and and only 7% of Canadian SMBs actually have a website capable of processing processing an online payment. 7%. So there's a lot of work to be done. Only 7%. That's like Yeah. So small. And, Paul- and and there was another stat that was interesting here. It says 34% of businesses do not currently accept online payments, and they have no foreseeable plan to build a website at all. 34%. These are some amazing stats. Paul, I'm just curious. When, when we're talking about small businesses, are these product-based businesses or service-based? Or both? It's both. It's both. Uh, it's, it's products and services. But, I mean, how difficult is it to build in uh, transaction processing on a website? Like, I mean, PayPal, That's isn't that a fairly easy thing to integrate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. It is. It is. I think that I think there's possibly where the problem lies is that there's many resources out there for a small business to to create a website, to understand their logistics of shipping, to understand the aspects and concerns around um, and, and the express checkout button. You make it easy for people to transact. You eliminate the fraud concerns that are associated with that. A lot of the types of frauds and concerns that shoppers have by moving online and the merchants have by offering online payments are all eliminated by using PayPal. But there doesn't seem to be um, enough reach out for these um, small businesses. And I think that there might be some concerns around what might that cost or do I really need it? Um, And what this, what this, uh, survey showed is they really need it. Paul, knowing the results of this survey and being the president of PayPal Canada, what would you say is the biggest challenge facing PayPal Canada with these small businesses in Canada? Yeah, so I, it's clearly awareness level. So getting you know getting to the owners of these small businesses and helping them understand that it's easy for them to integrate a payment solution. Um, we we can create opportunities for them to easily get a domain, to get a website in place, and make all of this seamless. And it's a low cost solution out there that that they can they can eliminate the fears that they have by by making a couple of key uh, partnerships with with companies like PayPal and others that would make this a lot easier for them. Is it as expensive? Awareness level is is low. Is it as expensive as they think? Nowhere near it. No, uh, um, it doesn't cost anything to put PayPal on your site. Looks like uh, they're their own worst enemy, I guess, in some of these uh, cases. Where can Peter uh, uh, people find out? Or sorry, Paul, where can people find more information uh, about PayPal and and some of the stuff that you offer? Um, uh, PayPal dot com uh, and and dot ca. You know, to to look at the Canadian um, opportunity and reach out, and we have. We have support sites and opportunities for anyone to come and work with us. Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. That was Paul Parisi, president of PayPal Canada. When we come back, still lots more tech to talk. Of course, we're going to have Christina with her app of the week later on. And uh, coming up, also Gift Genie, the social gifting app. What's it about? Stay tuned. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. Stay tuned. We still have lots more to talk about, including Christina's App of the Week. 
Well, right now, uh, we've got uh, a great guest on the line, Vikram Chopra. He's the creator, founder of Gift Genie, a social gifting app. Thanks for joining us, Vikram. How are you guys doing? Great to be on board. Okay, what is a social gifting app? How do I get more gifts? That, that's all I care about. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And I think about it, right? So it's psychology. How do you get good gifts? It's by telling someone what you want. Now, you wouldn't necessarily tell a stranger what you want, but you'll tell someone important in your life. Significant other, sibling, best friend, parents. So this is where the concept of genie is, is that never drop hints. You tell your loved ones exactly what you want. And you probably see it already on social media where people, we put up on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, oh, I'd love to get that for my birthday. I'd love to get that for Valentine's Day. So what Gift Genie really is, is that it allows you, it's like a curation where it allows you to put all those gifts you'd love to get in a, call it a gifting repository, and then you share it using social media with your friends and family. Now, I don't necessarily mean, you don't have to share it with, you can create a wish, you don't have to share it with your 100 Facebook friends. Share it with your three, four friends, or share it on WhatsApp with just your intimate uh, family members. So the idea really is, is that you're using social media, but you're sharing, using social media to share it with what I really call your intimate friends. This would be great for like radio show co-hosts wanting to, <laughs> you know, show their their uh, other co-hosts uh, how much they really care. Mike, you're only Absolutely. getting one gift from me, and that's beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> and I'll drink it with you. That's a gift of love. Uh, so, what inspired you, you to know, do that? And it's perfect because now, Andy, you can you know create a wish list, so you know, so Andy knows exactly what beer you want. Oh, uh, you know what? I already know. Mike only drinks one type of beer, so. Uh, I don't think I need your app for that one, but uh, All right, perfect. it's the king of beers. The okay, king. Let's just be clear on that. Uh, so what, what inspired you to make this app? Well, it's interesting. So it was like you're looking at the last few years, there's been a huge shift in social media. Like everything's going online. So, and you look at even from a retail point of view, we're buying more online. We're spending more time online. We listen to music online. We watch movies online. So this mobile device has taken over pretty much our lives. And what I noticed was I started, I was, you know, I used to work with a couple of other company clients of mine in the past in the retail sector, and they're really struggling with the online chance. Like, you know, we need to move online, but we just don't know. It's like the wild, wild west. And it started off as, like, okay, you want, how do I help these retail clients of mine navigate the online channel and reach their customers? So then I started researching from the user side. Well, you know, we already have e-commerce. Amazon's doing phenomenal. Everyone, if you don't have an online presence, you're struggling. What's the missing link? And then I realized there's nothing out there in gifting. Like people are putting up on social media what they want. Pinterest is a great app that allows you to pin items. But nothing that tells you here you can create all your gifts, add items from any online retailer. And sure, and I say that's a missing link is a app that connects gift givers with gift receivers, with retailers in the back end. And that's a key differentiator to Gift Genie over other registries. That with Gift Genie, uh, as you guys featured really well last week, you, we have a curated list of trending products. But even if something in our trending section doesn't appeal to you, that's fine. Because through our app, you can browse any online retailer and add items. And that's the real value is that as you're browsing online, hey, I like that item. Let me add it to my Gift Genie wish list and share it with my friends and family. Now, Vikram, this is a free app, correct? Absolutely. So, so here's my million-dollar question. How do you make money? Yeah, what's, what's in it for Vikram? Oh, come on. I'm solving world peace. <laughs> <laughs> One gift at a time. <laughs> so 
Uh, very simple, right? As I mentioned, through the app, how it works is you're adding items from our trending section or any online retailer to your wish list. So when you're ready to buy that item, so, you know, I want that, whether it's that case of beer or that nice Gucci watch for my fellow co-host, when you're ready to buy, the Gift Genie icon says there's an option that says click to buy. When you click to buy, you are then redirected to that retailer. So that's why I want to clarify. Gift Genie, we're not an e-commerce uh, shop. So we don't take payment. We don't do delivery. So you will be redirected to that retailer. It could be Amazon, could be the Bay, could be Chapters Indigo. They will take your payment and they're responsible for delivery. Now, the good thing is I don't have the responsibility of delivery and payment, but the retailer recognizes that that lead came through Gift Genie. So obviously we make a commission on the transaction. So it's like an affiliate, as an affiliate yes. kind of... It's, a, it's an affiliate model. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Are you rich? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if I, I, I want to be rich, I shouldn't have been an entrepreneur. I, that's the biggest thing. People think, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. No, it's the opposite. I, like, I, like, I chose freedom over stability. And is this just a, a Canadian thing? This is 100% Canadian play, but obviously, I mean, our initial launch market is Canada, but obviously it's North America in terms of focus, and obviously anyone in any English-speaking country can download the app. And, uh, sorry, what platforms, uh, again, is this available on? It's iOS, Android, and iPad. And iPad as well. Uh, and free. Except, Absolutely. Except you have to buy someone a gift. That's not well, it's free to share your wishes with someone. How about that? Free to share your wishes. That should be your, your marketing tagline. <laughs> well, it, it is good because we have Father's Day coming up, dads and grads. So yeah. uh, it's a, it's a good time. My birthday is coming up in July, yes. July 30th. Yeah, Andy. my birthday is coming up too, Mike. It's also in July. So <laughs> so, so that's the interesting thing as we notice is that you think about, oh, I, only, I don't really buy gifts at all. But you think about it. Every day it's someone's birthday, someone's anniversary, or someone's getting married. And then you tag on Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day. We actually do a lot of gift buying more than we realize. And the biggest challenge is, like, especially during Christmas, like, I have no idea what to get. Like, I struggle. Mother's Day was a perfect example because uh, me and my wife thought for my mother that she wanted these pair of sunglasses. And when she actually has a, you know, had her create a wish list, obviously get the family to promote the app, she wanted perfume. She's like, don't buy me sunglasses. I need perfume. So you know what? I saved a lot of money because it's cheaper to buy her perfume than sunglasses. Yeah, you saved a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money, exactly. And mom's still happy, so I didn't have to spend more to make her happy. Vikram, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a great week. That was Vikram Chopra, creator and founder of Gift Genie, a social gifting app available for the iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Still lots more tech to talk, including App of the Week coming up. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. It's that time of the week, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova, who is in studio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. What do you got for us? I have an app that was developed in conjunction with Health Canada. It's called Carrot Rewards. <laughs> yes. Like for rabbits? Yes. Yes. Like oh. for rabbits. But I think it's more a play on the stick versus carrot okay. idea. But basically, they're trying to motivate people to get healthier and develop healthier habits. And so through this app, you can actually earn points towards some of your favorite rewards programs like Scene Points and um, Petro Points, Aeroplan, things like that. You can, do, you can earn those points by meeting your daily step goals. So everyone should be taking um, well, I would say 10,000 steps, but the app actually is set to 6,500 steps a day. Um, there are also some quizzes and surveys that help you learn about different aspects of health. 
that you can take to earn extra points as well. Okay, so I'm just trying to understand this here. So this is uh, made to motivate Canadians to lead healthier lifestyles. It's made by Health Canada. Who's paying for all these points? So they've actually invested, um, and the BC government has actually invested as well into this program so that we can get people getting outdoors and being healthy. So the government is paying for the points? Yes, yes. They're they're investing into uh, helping us get healthier, yeah. This is interesting. Andy, is this something Very you would cool. do? Well, when, when you say the government is paying, I think it's our tax money is paying yeah. for us to be fit. Right. Or, or it's saving us money because we're going to be healthier. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the way I would look at it anyway. So I can be healthier and get uh, some scene reward points for movies and eat lots of buttered popcorn. Well, I don't recommend you eat the butter popcorn, but yes. And is this a new app? Uh, it was launched earlier this year, I believe. This is kind of cool. Okay, so it's it's monitoring how many steps you take and, and also what you eat? Uh, you can link it up with some other things. It, it The way I've used it, I haven't used any uh, um, anything related to diet. I don't know if it has that. I, has, I haven't seen that feature on there. Um, but there, uh, there is a feature on there t- to take some quizzes and surveys and things and learn about um, being healthier, diet, mental health, all sorts of aspects of health. And I imagine free. It's free, yep. Um, the great thing is also that it can pair with your Fitbit or your Apple Watch or whatever you use for fitness tracking. Carrot Rewards available for iPhone and Android? That's right. That's all the time we have left. Mike, Andy, and Christina, we'll see you next time.